welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews. Back with you this week for another retro review as the theaters have not opened back up again. And this is not the original movie I'd planned to review. Uh, I had watched one and was going to review it, but thought fairly poorly of it and did not want another negative review for another week in a row. So I decided to switch to my favorite Kevin Smith movie uh, of all time, Dogma from 1999, something I can give a glowing review for. But as always, we will begin with a spoiler-free section where I will tell you whether this is something you should have seen in the theaters, whether it was something that you should have waited for maybe on uh, some sort of Blu-ray DVD. This is 1999. Was there streaming back then? It's so long ago. Or whether it was something you should give a pass to altogether. Uh, then we will go into the spoiler-heavy section where we will break things down by cast, director, costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot, and writing. Everything will have a numeric value associated. All added together, it could potentially add up to 100 points. I haven't done that yet, but you never know. Well, let's get on to it. Now, if you haven't seen Dogma by now, obviously it's not going to be something you can see in the theaters very easily. Uh, but back when it came out, um, I would have said if you were a Kevin Smith fan, this is definitely something you should see in the theaters. Even if you weren't a Kevin Smith fan, if you like just kind of a funny film that has a nice balance between um, something that makes you think, some genuinely good acting in it, and some very comedic uh, bits Yes, definitely something you should see in the theaters. Uh, otherwise, maybe wait for it to come to uh, video or some sort of streaming service. Regardless, it's a movie that you shouldn't miss, in my opinion. This is, this is a film that's kind of a must-see. In terms of Kevin Smith, it's about one of two that if you really want to get a feel for Kevin Smith that you should watch. You should watch Dogma. You should watch Clerks. Those are the two big ones. Now, that's not saying anything about any of the other movies or taking anything away from the other movies. Those are just the two that I feel give maybe the best feeling of what it is to watch a Kevin Smith production. But in the kind of, um, in the kind of the short way, this film is funny. It is vulgar. I mean, this is something you have to expect out of a Kevin Smith production for the most part. He, he tends to stay in the R category of films. There's a lot of a lot of language. Uh, there's uh, some stylized violence, some gross-out humor. Um, it's it's that kind of a is that kind of a film. Um, so if you don't get into those things, that this may not be what you want to watch. But it's very smartly written, and it's very well acted out, and it's silly and just kind of fun. So let's get into the spoiler-heavy section. But of course, before we get there, don't forget that you can find us on all sorts of social media in case you want to know what's going on with the Pudding Guys. We are at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. We're at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And we are at Pudding Guys on Patreon. Maybe the most important, where for just $1 a month, you can help support the Pudding Guys as we bring you new people that we would love to talk to where we bring new equipment we would love to talk into, where we uh, bring up new topics. Maybe don't need money for that, but you know, it never hurts. Uh, <laughs> but definitely check us out. Uh, find out what's going on and interact with us. We'd love to hear what you're saying and what you're thinking. And, uh, well, on to the review. So, Dogma is 1999. And we have to remember that this is the early, 
earlier points in CGI and that sort of thing. I mean, X-Men came out in 2000. Um, and this is not that kind of movie. So there's a lot of practical effects, a lot of uh, costuming things in this. So you got to go into it with that mindset. This is, this is a comedy and think piece first, and then everything else second. Um, but uh, let's start with one of the strong points, uh, the director. Uh, we will start there, Kevin Smith. I uh, love this dude to death. Uh, he seems to evoke some pretty strong reactions from people, love and hate uh, alike. Uh, I don't really quite understand the hate side of things. Um, he's just kind of a silly guy that makes fun movies, and it, there's really not much to hate. Uh, <laughs> he just seems like a genuinely fun person to be around, and he is a fan and a geek that makes movies. I mean, if any average one of us had the chance to make a film, he took that chance used his own money, put himself in debt to make his first film, and then launched a career, managed to, I mean, he has the skill. He has the, um, he has what he needs to be able to do things right. And then he got a little lucky. I mean, that's what you got to have, that combination of skill and luck and timing. He had it and he's made the most of it and he's still relevant in a lot of different ways. So, um, he has generally, for me, been one of those directors that no matter what he makes, uh, I will follow it. Uh, I love nearly every one of his films. We actually just reviewed uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I was not so fond of that one. But that's the first one. Every other one of his films that I've seen, um, I have liked. Now, to be fair, I haven't watched Cop Out yet, um, and I've heard that that one's a, a stinker. Um, but even ones that people didn't like, like Jersey Girl. I liked Jersey Girl. I mean, it wasn't, you know, Casablanca, but it was fun. I mean, you, ha you had to go into it understanding what you were watching and not expecting something that wasn't going to be there. I think that's what happened with a lot of people in that film. They were wanting clerks or they were wanting, so that's not what that movie was ever meant to be. And you just have to take it for what it is. And as long as you can do that, it's, it's a fun little film. There's some, some fun things about it. Um, so Kevin Smith, for the most part, cannot, generally does not fail. Um, I've seen him live a couple of times with his Q&A sessions. Uh, when Red State came around, I was there for the viewing of that with the Q&A that went along with that. There was one in Indianapolis that I went to that lasted for us. Actually, I, I had to leave before it was over. I mean, he went on for a long time, and it just amazed me the kind of fortitude he had in telling stories. He reminds me in a lot of ways of kind of um, um, a modern-day Mark Twain in the way that he presents things. Mark Twain was very similar. He wasn't worried about offending you. He was worried about being funny about saying something sometimes uh, of value, not always, but sometimes of value. And um, he would, uh, Mark Twain would kind of go around the country and uh, not perform, but speak for people. And people would come to see him speak. Uh, um, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of the feel that I get out of Kevin Smith. So I have to admit, after the first couple of Kevin Smith films, I have a fairly high expectation uh, of what I think should come out of one of his movies. Or maybe high is the wrong word, but I have a very specific idea of what I think he's capable of making, and I know when he makes it good what it can be. So I kind of have that already in mind. And that, and that can be a hard, a hard bar 
to, to pass sometimes. But I had already seen by this point Dogma. You already had Clerks. You already had Mallrats. You had Chasing Amy. Um, so he had already had several films uh, out at this point that were all pretty successful. Uh, and I already had what I thought was a pretty good idea. And he just, he nailed it, man. I mean, this this film, um, he seemed to have a connection to the cast that was there, a very clear idea of where the story was going and was able to convey it, I felt, to the people that were performing it, the people that were filming it. Um, he's always had a very strong relationship with the people that he works with. And you can kind of see that cohesion in, in the finished product because not everything's going to be perfect and a lot of it's going to be cheesy. That's just kind of the nature of what he does. But it works because it's meant to be fun and it comes across as fun. So I always have a really high expectation. I don't think he failed at all in this film. I think uh, out of 20 points, uh, I got to give him a 17 on this one. I didn't see any real big editing errors, no pacing issues in this film. I mean, it moves along at a nice clip. Um, it just, um, it flows well and what is included in the film is important to character development, important to the plot moving along or is just darn funny. Um, so gotta say, gotta say that to start. Now the cast, the cast is crazy. I mean, he has a lot of his regulars that uh, go into one of his films and by regulars, I, I'm not saying necessarily just, um, just people he tends to work with uh, uh, more than one occasion. So you've got Matt Damon and Ben Affleck playing a couple of angels in this uh, film, and they do a fantastic job. Their delivery is spot on. Um, and it's really hard. There's a lot of exposition in this film. Um, and exposition can be a very difficult thing to deliver as an actor and maintain that kind of visual connection with the viewer, and I think that, uh, especially for Bartleby and Loki, they do that very well. Um, you've got Linda Fiorentino, who does uh, a great job with Bethany. Um, you've got uh, Janine Garofalo, who makes a small uh, role. I love Janine Garofalo. I'm a product of the 90s. I always found her quite funny, and it was I, I kind of enjoy seeing her in about anything. Jason Lee, of course, is in this. Jason Lee's in a lot of Kevin Smith stuffs. Uh, Kevin Smith stuff that was not meant to be plural, um, but uh, he—I love that dude. Uh, My name is Earl. He did a great job with that show. He has a natural charisma, especially for somebody who didn't start with acting. Um, he uh, got Alan Rickman in the film, who uh, the late great Alan Rickman. Man, I love that dude. At Another person that started acting in films later and just nailed pretty much everything. Even if the movie he was in was awful, he was always great in it. Uh, and being able to get him in this as a such a major character is fantastic. Selma Hayek, um, I always like Selma Hayek. She's got a very thick accent, which can sometimes get in the way, um, but usually doesn't. Uh, because she has a natural sense of timing, comedic timing, and she's just kind of fun. Um, Chris Rock, I mean, man, how can you go wrong with having Chris Rock in something, especially at this point in time? Um, he he definitely delivers at the point he needs to deliver. Uh, being Rufus in this, he was just phenomenal. 
Of course, if you're going to talk about Kevin Smith, he loves having George Carlin in anything that he can. And why wouldn't you? Because George Carlin was brilliant, another late great uh, just man. And in this, playing, uh, playing Cardinal Glick, he was he was so funny. I mean, and he had that that like 90% deadpan delivery with just that 10% snark sarcasm edge that is just that for this particular role was kind of perfect. Putting Alanis Morissette in as God just briefly is just kind of fun. I mean, giving somebody uh, had that had that star power at the time uh, a prominent role, but with no lines, is is kind of a fun little thing to do. I mean, just all in all, this casting you could not have gotten better. I don't think, um, and it was just a lot of fun. Uh, Got to give that eighteen out of twenty. Um, costuming and props. Now this goes back to the, being in 1999, not a lot of CGI involved. There's some, but if I remember correctly, anyway, I mean, I'm, you know, sometimes, uh, forgetting which ones have it, but I'm pretty sure this one had just a smidgen in it. But I mean, the fact that the wings, um, were practical wings. There's some fun stories about Alan Rickman trying to, uh, trying to deal with the wings at times. And, uh, uh, the, the armor is kind of cheesy looking, but fun. I mean, it looks like about two steps above what you get at Halloween uh, costuming store uh, in terms of what the angels are wearing there. But the regular outfits that everybody else is wearing, fantastic. Um, it's just uh, it's just extremely well done. Um, it, it, it blends where it needs to blend. The colors are vibrant. Uh, and it just kind of, it's, it's again, kind of a fun thing. The suit that, um, that is worn by Jason Lee's character, that just slick white suit just stands out so well against everything else. It's just kind of one of those, it's stylized sort of without being stylized. It, it works so much. Um, I mean, again, some of it's a little cheesy. Um, the chopped off, um, wings part they did it's a little cheesy um i have to um no that's going to be in cinematography for the most part i mean there's a few things here and there that are just a little well the ken doll part uh when alan rickman is uh cleaning himself off that was really cheesy but i mean it's small things really this is a comedy so it's, it's pretty forgivable in in that in that sense um so i got to give that a, a nine out of ten Locations, you're all over the place in this film. You've got bars, you've got churches, you've got trains, you've got retail stores. I mean, this is one of those things where, I mean, if you watch Clerks, Clerks takes place in one place. I mean, they get a lot of different angles of that one place, but it's one place. Uh, even Mallrats, the next film he goes in, there's a little bit in the house, but it's mostly at the mall and the stores in the mall. Not a lot of changes. This is way beyond any of that. I mean, this kind of the, uh, jump outward into a lot of different locations, a lot of different sets. Uh, it feels like this is the first time he got real money to make something, and he, he did the most with it sort of a thing. Um, but it all flows. It all matches. Nothing is going to be one of those things that's going to take your breath away. This is not an action film. This is not a majestic drama. You're not going to get those, those kind of sets. But... It's all really solid. Nothing pulls you out for the most part. Um, and it's just really good. Uh, not much to say about that. Eight out of ten. Now, cinematography. This this is kind of uh, an interesting mixed bag on this film. 
when it comes to the actual style of filming, it's definitely right. He has he has it down. He focuses on conversation and he uses a filming style that complements that extraordinarily well. Um, so the shots that he gets with the people, there's not too much shifting from perspective to perspective, which I appreciate. Um, if there is a weakness, um, like I said, early CGI, uh, there's a poop monster. Um, it's somewhat CGI, somewhat practical, if I remember correctly. I think mostly CGI. Um, it looks stupid. Um, but again, it's a comedy. It's okay that it does. It doesn't yank you out of it because it's not meant to be taken, you know, as serious. It's, it's just kind of a fun thing. Um, I know it's weird to say that a poop monster is fun, but you know, like I said, this is, this is a film with some language, some potty humor. You got to be able to, to, to think lightly. It has some serious subject matter, uh, which we'll get to in a minute, but that kind of a style in the way that you use the, um, the, use the CGI works quite well. Um, and, and like I said, the, the shots, you, you never were confused about what was going on. He does some really nice work in the, uh, movie headquarters offices when there's the massacre that, uh, Loki does to the board members. You don't see anything on screen. It's all off screen. But the way that that is filmed is just brilliant. I mean, it's just, it's really nice. You get the gist of what's going on. And it's still, even with it being off screen, is kind of uncomfortable like it's supposed to be. It's just, it's just really nice. The, the tracking shot at the beginning of the film in the airport, just fantastic. Following Bartleby and Loki walking down the way. Just, just, just fun stuff. I mean, just a lot of, um, a lot of love was very clearly put into this film, and it, and it really comes through the way it was shot. Uh, i got to give that a 16 out of 20. Now, the plot and writing. This is usually the make or break for any film. And um, like I said, this is one of my favorites, and I think they did really well. Now, the catch, so the catch really is that the subject matter that is dealt with in this particular comedy does tread into the realm of something that can be potentially a little sensitive to some people. Um, I seem to remember there was a rather vocal uh, outcry against the film from some groups and some picketing that occurred. And I, I also seem to remember a story about him joining the picketers because, you know, that's what he would do. And he's generally, uh, generally very likable and uh, is not trying to... Uh, not trying to offend, he's just trying to tell a story and and uh, do so in a, in a comedic manner. But whenever you're going to deal with religion as the focus of some fun ribbing, um, you're, you're going to get some people that aren't going to be real real keen on that. But the, the nature and the way that this particular plot is handled is, I, I really feel, brilliant. Um because it takes the trappings of the basically the Catholic interpretation of Christianity and sets the sets the um, plot of the film into a, a kind of a ridiculous logical extension of where things might go 
Um, it's, it's really, it's really very funny. And in fact, the thing that made me think about doing this film as a review is something that happened recently that the Catholic church did, which just made me roll on the floor. And it took everything that I could to not reply to the email from the very lovely family member that sent it to me uh, about this talking about a, uh, the Pope offering a plenary indulgence. It's like, did you not watch the film? Now we have to look out for rogue angels. It is hilarious. Um, so I mean, it's, it's basically, it, it takes stuff that's already there and just puts kind of a ridiculous spin on it. So you, if you see it, you can't really take it that seriously. I mean, it does poke some serious fun at the way that the church approaches certain things. Um, but you've got to be able to handle criticism if you're going to be a large organization that that is going to affect people, and especially when it's in, in such good spirits as something like this and written so incredibly well. Um, the character development is always important to me that there is some advancement of characters. When you're lucky in a film, you will get the main character will get some real... Uh, progress made, that they will grow. Uh, and that's what I mean by character development. Character development can be defined as just, you know, did you establish backstory? Do you know what they do? But I'm talking about uh, growth and change of the character over the course of the film. And so, like I said, when you're lucky, you get that out of the main character. Uh, and Bethany definitely had some growth uh, as a character. Um, but you get it from actually multiple characters. Um the, the, uh, there is, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a super deep change. You just don't have enough time to get that for everything, but there's at least six or seven characters that, that experience some character growth throughout the course of the film. And that's pretty impressive. Uh, and it's not just growth for the sake of change. It is logical progression of, of what would happen in this specific situation. You even have the, the chuckleheads that he has in every single film, Jay and Silent Bob, uh, played by uh, Muse and himself, um, that had been in all the previous films and in, in pretty much all the uh, future films that have anything to do with the Directus Universe titles. They even have some character growth, which is kind of, you know, fun. Um, I mean, not a ton. You can't you can't change their characters a lot and still have them be effective. So they have to, at their base nature, stay essentially the same. But you can have a moment of self-reflection. You can have a moment of, oh, I understand this now. And they got that in the film, which is just kind of fun. Um I mean, it's just the the story is silly, and there are a handful of scenes that are just so fantastic. Um, the, the you know you start the film with an angel convincing a nun that she has given her life to the wrong purpose and that she should just have some fun for a change and you know do something for herself, and it's it's so silly. But cynical, uh, it, this combination of of things is is hilarious. It's just it's just really well done. There's the occasional um, there's the occasional kind of awkward bit here and there. There's there's some dialogue that's a little clunky in places, but with the scope of what he was doing in this film, to not have that would be essentially impossible. 
Um, so the, the fact that it was so minimized in the couple of places that it was, and when it wants to be dramatic, he had the right actors and the right roles to be able to do so. Because you have to feel for the Bethany character. You have to kind of have a, an an empathic link to her. And in a film that has so much of bodily uh bodily process humor and violence that can sometimes get lost but with the casting of who they put in there and the way that the scenes were written you do have a couple of moments where you can get that and it grounds you into the film and and it works just spectacularly um the like I said, exposition is super difficult to do because it's important to understand the plot, but it can get really dry and it can sometimes just kind of lose you when you go into it because um, there's already a lot of conversation. The majority of this film is just conversation. Um, but when there is exposition, it's sharp and the delivery is clear and is good. Um, now, there's even some conversation that's delivered more like exposition. And even that, it, it works really well. There's nothing that uh, just kind of misses the mark for me. Um, it's, it's just so much fun. Um, yeah, all in all, the writing is fun. I got to give that a 17 out of 20. That brings us up to a solid 85 out of 100. That is in very clear... Uh, B territory, but this is kind of a special B. This is one of those films that I will watch repeatedly just because it's brilliant in so many spots. Um, it's it's so much fun. So, I mean, it may be a little bit of a, a misleading uh, uh, rating having it at 85 because in some ways I feel like it's higher, but it's, it, it's just really a, a load of fun. And I'll, like I said, I think it's probably probably Kevin Smith's best work to date. Uh, but what do you think? We always love to have your opinions. Let us know on any of our social media channels. Of course, we have a little section on our website where you can leave your own reviews and contact us and we will reply. I know it's kind of crickety out there on occasion, but we would love to hear it. Till next time, keep watching movies and overanalyzing everything like I do. Mm-hmm.